Hello, I'm Chase Blasick, an Asia-Pacific analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining. Let's talk about migration flows into the United States. Well, we all know the pandemic slowed illegal immigration for a while, but people appear to be resuming the risky trip to the United States. As the Texas governor recently took pains to demonstrate, how will Washington respond to this change in immigration patterns? The Biden administration appears to be shifting its strategy away from focusing on the border and towards broader regional cooperation. Carmen Closing knows all about this. She's Rain's Latin America analyst, and she joins me now. Welcome, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Carmen, can you clarify a little bit for me about the Biden administration's approach to migration from Central America or into the United States in general and what's behind it? Yeah, of course. So when the Biden administration first came into office, we saw a really big focus on Central America. That was materialized through the Central America Task Force headed by Vice President Kamala Harris. And that was really driven by the fact that we saw a significant amount of migrants that were reaching the U.S.-Mexico border originating from Central American countries, specifically El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. So these three countries were, were the regional focus. We saw the Biden administration go in with a really kind of revolutionary approach of trying to um, counter these um, domestic drivers of, of migration, specifically the lack of economic opportunity, things like corruption, and um, it was it was a really big push. Now, over the course of the Biden administration, we've seen the migrant landscape shift. So this is really kind of exemplified by the fact that in 2019, we saw 9% of migrants coming from outside of Mexico and Central America. And recently in 2022, that number grew to 40% of migrants that are encountered at the U.S.-Mexico southern border. And so that really just shows that there are a whole new wave of migrants, namely Cubans, Venezuelans, Haitians, and even some migrants coming, making the trek over from Africa, from Senegal, um, that are making their way to South America and then moving up through um, Central America and into the United States. And so that really put the emphasis from just on Central America to the entire region, specifically looking at the area between Colombia and Panama, which is called the Darien Gap or the Darien Strait. And that specific location is where we've seen a lot of migrants that are either touching down from the sea in Colombia or coming up from places like Brazil, Chile, Venezuela, um, and moving through the Darien Gap and moving through Central America and up to the United States. I did hear or think I read something recently about even um, migrants from Europe making their way into the United States. That's completely correct. We've seen a massive increase 
in migrants from Ukraine and also Russia. Um, many of these migrants are coming and touching down in places like Mexico. They're being welcomed in Mexico, in other Central American countries, but then making their way to the U.S. southern border in an attempt to um, uh, to gain access. From what I've seen, it was from February to March, an increase of about 3,000 migrants that were specifically of Ukrainian origin. Well, wow, that's fascinating. Let's talk a little bit about this regional approach you mentioned. What could it look like and um, how many other countries might benefit from it? That's a great question. So regional, looking at regional coordination, we've seen some countries that are in a really interesting position to um, get more aid from the United States. What the U.S. is really looking for is they want countries to implement visa permits uh, for Haitians, Cubans, and Venezuelans, which some countries do not require a visa currently to move through those countries. Um, and they also want countries to potentially grant these migrants a temporary protective status, which would allow them to actually settle in regional countries. So places like Panama, places like Costa Rica, um, Colombia, all of these countries are really targets for the United States to have this kind of coordination on this realm because if they have, uh, if they need a visa permit to, to move through somewhere like Panama and Costa Rica, then it will be a lot more difficult for these migrants to reach the U.S. southern border. And in exchange, um, a lot of these countries in um, Central and South America are looking to gain increased aid funding. So if the government program is to support refugees, that will be, you know, potentially financed by the United States. And aid funding can also come in the form of security and security funding, security training and things like that, that will help the domestic security forces in somewhere like Costa Rica and um, Panama actually be able to deal with this large influx of migrants instead of just shepherding them towards um, their northern borders. Carmen, I did read an article that you put out the other day about the United States and Cuba negotiating, but will these U.S. efforts to increase regional coordination be effective in curbing migration flows to the U.S.-Mexico border? It depends. It depends both on how persuasive the U.S. can be. It depends on the measures that these regional countries implement, and it also depends on how quickly they can implement them. So the United States is really looking to convince countries to take in a whole new, you know, kind of subset of the population, some of which may not even speak their language or may not even speak Spanish, which can create these kind of um, intra-group violence or intra-group, um, you know, xenophobia within a country that can be, that is not politically advantageous to a country's politicians. So that's kind of the upward uh, battle that the United States is facing. So they are going to want to um, be very persuasive in the methods that they use to try and get these countries. So they're going to need to offer a lot of aid, or they're going to need to offer a lot of security support, things like that. 
So the second aspect is the measures that these regional countries implement. Will countries have the ability to implement things like support systems for migrants that are settling down in places like Costa Rica and Panama and um, Colombia? Will they be able to work? Will they have temporary protective status? Um, these are the important questions that are really going to measure whether or not this is going to work because we've seen before that migrant groups will leave their home country, travel to a different country around the region, such as, such as Chile for this example, and then ex experience extreme xenophobic um, sentiments in their new home country and extremely poor economic conditions and then decide after that to move upwards to the United States in order to escape the poor economic conditions. So the conditions in the, in the new country need to be good in order for migrants not to then decide after the fact to actually attempt to enter the United States. These efforts towards regional coordination will likely decrease the wait times and disruptions to, for trade and migration along the U.S.-Mexico border as more migrants will be absorbed into countries across the region with a significant amount of support from regional countries and from the United States in the form of aid. In the worst case scenario, this regional coordination can lead to migrant bottlenecks, poor living conditions for migrants, a significant amount of migrants still finding their way to the U.S.-Mexico border and overwhelming border security um, that could lead to significant migrant camps being formed along the U.S.-Mexico border. And that is the worst case scenario. So what we are looking at is how effective this will be. That leads me to my last point here is that it's really important for these regional governments and the United States to implement these things quickly. We are likely to see an influx of migrants attempting to enter the U.S. in the coming months because you're going to have a warmer weather season and that typically leads to an increase in migration in general. But we are also already seeing these kind of forces such as high food prices and high fuel prices in countries across Latin America, which could drive migrants to seek better living conditions, better economic conditions in the United States. So that is going to drive a regional push. So can these governments get these measures implemented quickly is really what we're looking at. Carmen Colosi is a Latin America analyst with RAIN. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. You can read Carmen's analysis in RAIN Worldview, which offers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Subscribe today and get a great price. Go to stratfor.com for details. That's stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.